there's so little that we're actually qualified to talk about, so it kind of <laughs> we really handicap ourselves if we say that that's where we have to stop. Nerdaplexy. Welcome to the Nerdaplexy Movie Review Show mini episode. This is where we break down our breakdowns of the movies we just watched, answer your pressing questions, and let you know what to check out for next time. My name is Reed, and with me today we've got Sam and Dave. All right, let's dive in. All right, well, you haven't heard from us in a while. We got our very first subscriber-sponsored episode last week with Shrek 2, two weeks ago, and Dick Tracy in between. So we've got uh, lots to go over today and lots to go over that also came out recently. And Maybe some... That was pretty good. Yeah, that, was, that sounded on point. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Tested your mic there. Test your mic. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I missed it. I can't believe I, I missed that. Man, you got me. I'm feeling pretty toasty. 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 That was pretty close. The guy who yells Mortal Kombat, uh, he was just on He was just on something. Oh, he was on something. <laughs> Well, so the guy was recording the Mortal Kombat yell, and the director, he, they, the first two takes, they didn't get it. The third take, he says, I want you to feel like you've been hit with all the weight in the world in your gut, all the problems, and I want you to yell this phrase. And then he, he hit it. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> it was perfect then. <laughs> yeah, how else are you going to get ready for that line? Because I really felt that. You know when he screamed Mortal Kombat? I felt that. It's his only thing on, oh, he, oh he's in Carlito's way. I don't know why I brought that up, but I was just scrolling through to see if there was I think it was anything. because you screamed it and it sounded pretty good. Now I'm worried about your read, because I was thinking when you made that sound sound so good, it's probably because you feel the weight of the world on you. The weight of the world punched you in the stomach. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm really feeling it. Hey, we're here for you. You should watch Muppet Family Christmas now. Oh, don't worry. We're not quite there yet. Music soothe the savage beast. There we go. If I ever turn into a werewolf or like a zombie or something and you guys need me to like amp down just put that shit on i'm sure oh is it like the uh sun's getting a little low sun's getting low big guy yeah that's how you deprogram my ass <laughs> hey big guy sun's getting real low <laughs> sun's getting low big guy let's play muppet family christmas and instead of doing that thing on this palm give me that face waterfall from face off that'll put me right that'll put me right down <laughs> oh for sure i'll do that all right we don't have any listener mail this week but I, I did have a listener request i had recently been getting requests from some folks for good bad movies and someone wanted to watch they sent a request for a movie that they could just turn their brain off and watch and still enjoy and i suggested they wanted to watch something like easy and but kind of dumb and something they could laugh at so i said watch commando oh yeah oh commando's great let off some steam bennett was a huge hit, not only in the theaters, but, you know, with our, with the listener. They wrote back again, and let me see how this stacks up. They wanted an, another brain turn-off action movie, and this time I suggested Speed with Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. 
If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? That's a perfect movie. That's a classic. I just wanted to take a little time to talk about it because it's fresh in my brain. And they <laughs> that movie is programmed perfectly. There is just a few set pieces. There's a beginning where they're setting up in an elevator. Then it's chasing the bus. Then it's on the bus. Then they solve the bus. And I did not realize they're only on that bus for maybe like 35 mm-hmm. minutes before they crack that code. Because then they're at the airport trying to find him. But that was a real fun experience. Hadn't seen that one probably since a blockbuster rental in like 96. And ugh. A great turn off your head action movie I like is like a like a blood sport or something like that. Solid. Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm not sure if that's good for turning your head off or it's just that I've seen it so many times that whenever I put it on, I can turn my head off. Yeah, I don't think I could calm down <laughs> with that Kumite starts baby. Bobo, my man. Or the last dragon. When I say who's the master, you say Shown up. I watch a uh, hot fuzz. And I could turn my brain off for that one. I watch that a lot. Hot Fuzz is good. That's not an 80s action flick, though. That's true. It's But it has... Uh, they talk about Die Hard 2 and Bad Boys 2. and Yeah. True. It's got the pastiche. It's it, They do the... Uh, what do they watch? Point Break, yeah. Point Break. Another Keanu. He just shoots his gun in the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do they watch Bad Boys in that? Or am I making that up? Yeah, Bad Boys 2. Yeah. Okay, they do watch You want to watch Boys Point 2. Break or Bad Boys 2? Which one do you think I'm going to like more? No, I want to know which one you want to watch first. <laughs> yeah. Or Over the Top. Oh, oh Over the Top. Young Guns. And like those kind of movies are for sure like my most soothing, completely insane 80s movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like an Emilio Estevez. I'll make you famous. But even still, in Speed, I mean, that was like a kind of action, a mile a minute. The pacing and I wonder if this is something that is different now because of special effects and the relative ease when you can do those things where you could have bigger, crazier set pieces and not have to rely on just regular character acting and like, you know, that kind of development where you can now just show the bus jumping from Mm -hmm. some fucking freeway high rise to another. You don't have to worry about it as much, but the pacing is a lot more relaxed. It's not as intense which is surprising, especially because movies these days all top out at like two and a half hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Commando, that's like 90 minutes in and out. That's like, I think it's like 95 or 100. And, 100 What's like the minimum length of a movie where it's like to make it a feature film? Isn't it like 88 minutes? That's the wheelhouse you want to be looking for. I think, it, yeah, it's like 80 I, or something like along those lines. But yeah, it's around 80 minutes is like, <laughs> you get a lot of, you get a lot of stuff in really bad like schlocky movies some of the b movies where there's just filler so they can stretch that baby out and make it a feature film Mm -hmm. another good crazy 80s movie that you could turn your brain off for is red dawn red dawn wolverines baby yeah that's that's that one's brutal though i think that's a tougher watch i I think because i think about all the ways that stuff could go wrong like all like teens die that's true (laughs) yeah you watched the brutal murder of more than a few teens (laughs) and enjoyed it how do you unwind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to take. Dave's thing. Teen murder, baby. Rugrats go to hell. <laughs> I don't know. Hellraiser Rugrats. I would watch that. 
hell yeah, I would definitely watch that. <laughs> now we're talking, baby. You know Tommy Pickles is a dang-ass freak. He'd be all about them chains. He'd be the first one to get turned, no skin coming back. <laughs> Chucky Finster shooting out of his That's... Uh, inhaler, shooting chains. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That is Hellraiser. I've been going through with my partner and getting her acquainted with very classic horror movies. So, I mean, we've gone through pretty much all of the big hits. We got, you know, Freddy. Uh, we got Jason. You know, we did Halloween. So we've got, like, a lot of the staples down. Some of, like, the good movies. We just watched Rosemary's Baby. Some of the bad ones, like Chopping Mall and Sleepaway Camp. But Hellraiser is one that I cannot do. Oh, Candyman. Candyman. Oh, so good. Obviously. That's a great flick. But Hellraiser is one that I cannot sell. I cannot sell that movie knowing that there is a skinless man in the first one and a skinless woman in the second. I can't quite uh, make that pitch. She won't, she won't go for that. I've only watched nine of those movies twice. What's this one about? Well, it's about um, a sex cult of demons who want to, like, orgasm so hard they kill the world or something. I don't What's What is the pitch there? Now, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was about. I don't watch these movies. I haven't seen them. And there's puzzles. It's got it all. Uh, mm. Basically, anything Clive Barker writes is extremely thinly veiled sex metaphor. So this is the uh, BDSM guys, <laughs> but with, with, dark, <laughs> with dark Satan magic. Mm. So if you have any movie requests, if you want us to tailor a movie night for you, write in. You can hit us up at nerdaplexy at gmail.com or on our Twitter at nerdaplexypod. Tell us what kind of genre you want a movie for, and uh, we'll make a suggestion for you. Nerdaplexy recommends. Ooh, that's a good segment. I like that. Or I have a lot of history with like convincing people to watch movies that they didn't think they wanted to watch. So we could work something. If you're trying to get your partner into stupid horror movies or good, bad movies, we've got plenty of suggestions. We can walk you Yeah, through. Reed's kind of like a, the king of imposition. <laughs> <laughs> something you don't want to do? I'll convince you to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, the trick is you just got to make them think it was their idea. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of which. Let's talk about the movies we just watched. So we've got a couple to go over here. We've got Captain America, Shrek 2, and then Dick Tracy. We're gonna. This is going to be a what I meant to say was lightning round. Let's start off with... I said everything I wanted to say about Captain America. Captain America, yeah. It's all there, baby. <laughs> it's all this. It's all there. Didn't miss a ding It's all there in blue and red. And I alluded on a different mini-episode, but I, I enjoyed watching Captain America. I didn't think it was a good movie. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily to people if they were looking for a great film. But it was an interesting watch, and there were parts of it that were really well done. And I, I thought it wasn't acted too badly. But for how unknown it is and how unsung it is, it was surprising that it was able to even get a single moment that was worth watching. So kudos to them. And those songs were just just gold so bad it's good. That guy has quite an online following of people who cannot find his music anywhere. And that's how they know of Captain America. Let me find this guy's name. (laughs) Memories of You is the name of the song. Narration of You. The memories, memories of you, girl. So bad. <laughs> no, but like the makeup in that, that movie good. was really neat. Southside Johnny. His name is Southside. Southside Johnny. Johnny. He's got he's got his fans out there, and I, you know, he doesn't have his fan here. It's a bop. We put it on our show. 
whole thing on our show. Okay, so about Captain America, the only thing I had meant to say was we never really talk about it in the episode. I think that we, we, it was a segment or a part we cut, but we were assuming, I was assuming, that Red Skull's daughter was similar to the character of Red Skull's daughter in the comics, uh, whose name's Sin. We didn't call her Sin until like the very last thing when she gets knocked off. The, mm-hmm. the yeah, Cynthia. Yeah. Or Sin for short. Sin. But I just do want to shout out before we move on from Captain America that that dummy fall at the very end. Oh, uh, it's perfect. Mm, perfect That's dummy falls. Mwah. And the noises it makes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That was a great ep. And I hope you enjoyed it. Next up, we had Shrek 2. Yet again, I think we might have covered everything we needed to say about this little number. Oh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> no, there's... I found a Tumblr page. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Shrek, Shrek Tumblr is the only thing more cursed than Shrek Wiki. Horny warning. Yeah. It, it was titled... It was titled KimPossibility.tumblr.com. <laughs> I'm going to give credit where it's due. And Crumpshy Chip Dip seems to believe that they have found a discrepancy in the Shrek universe. Okay. And interestingly, they don't mind the amount of time it takes all of Shrek's friends to get to save him. Mm -hmm. You know how we said it's basically instant and it took them like forever to get to far, far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's far, far away. And uh, the discrepancy they've found is how long it would take to bake a mango. So okay, all right. Let's let's get into the yeah. science. I mean, here. It's, there's a lot of uh, pretty pretty wild leaps in here, but basic point is they take the image of human Shrek on the shoulder of Mongo. Okay, and Shrek is seven feet. That's there's like a lineup promo shot that has like their heights, and he's at seven feet. Okay, they said okay. Well, when he turns to human, they're saying, well, let's say he loses a foot. Let's say he's six feet. If he's six feet and he only goes from Mongo's shoulder to <laughs> like just like the middle of his mouth. Right, right, right. They've measured it out. So it's 75 feet tall. After they did all the calculations, they said Mongo's 75 feet tall. Add that to your fan wikis. So <laughs> I'm not sure if, if the uh, the Shrek wiki relates that 75 feet or what they call it, but they definitely do th- do a lot of gingerbread cookie baking mm-hmm. times, and they say basically, long story short, it takes t- <laughs> it should take 12 hours to make a mango, even in the best situation. Under, so I, ideal under ideal conditions, we're still looking at half a day under ideal conditions, and they go th- they go through and they say like the melting point of these gumdrop buttons and stuff like it's pretty intense but the tldr is that shrek 2 is impossible because mongo (laughs) takes a lot of time and effort but he was underdone so he didn't have it all up there he wasn't he wasn't together he was undercooked if he was if he was truly not together he would be he would be a doughy mess and he wouldn't be able to do anything i guess i don't know i appreciate the devil's advocate or the mongo's advocate mongo's of it all but yes i don't think i mean i think they're right I think that did, but that's the only problem with Shrek 2. Everything else? Totally fine. How hot was that? Totally fine. How hot that fire was. I'm, I'm a Katzenberg advocate here. I think it was fine. These people were thinking you too think it was hard. fine? Look, all I can say is maybe the Muffin Man got a lot of stoves or a lot of baking areas. Well, okay. So he could just be like, here's one piece yeah, of Mongo. How, yeah, exactly. Mongo how many heat points throughout are there? All of how these many things? heat sources are but there? The for point this is, guy? even if even if they had enough places to bake it, we're talking prep. I mean, I didn't read this whole entire thing because I'm not a madman. 
I got the the, ba- the basic <laughs> gist, and it's that it couldn't be done. I, I tend to agree with them because I'm not going to read any more of it. For your sanity's sake, I would advise you to not. We live in a world with magic. I think this. there's no way we know how hot that fire's burning. You, you live in a world with magic, but magic isn't necessarily on every corner in Shrek, is it? He has to seek out these potions. That's true. He can't just, okay. there's no like okay. wizard on the corner for him to pay a couple bucks to. It's there, but is it readily available? I'll concede to this one. I will not concede to that logic because they literally went to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Who lives on Drury Lane. He is a Muffin Man who made a gingerbread man mm-hmm. that then came to life. So obviously- True. This is a These are magical magical ovens, or the ingredients are magical. Sure. The process, certainly. The process, certainly, uh, there must have been some magic in that gumdrop button they found. In that old bake shop they (laughs) they found. Well, there was no (laughs) lightning when he said he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. So I'm guessing maybe there was some sort of, maybe maybe an alchemical reagent. (laughs) Mm. So you're you're (laughs) positing that he had a lot of the manga bits already baked. And at the ready. So he's just reconstituting old baked. He has some dark predilections. He was ready to make something like this. Yeah, he creates sentient cookie men in his basement. I'm sure he's ready for a lot of contingencies. He had a mold for this. For a 75-foot gingerbread man, he was already about to make an army if Shrek didn't need him. I don't know if they go into like how big the oven would have to be for them to be able to make him in all one piece. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest way to get that accomplished would there be like an underground cavern with like lava or some or something along those mm-hmm. lines. I like this, you know. And I wish they'd show that. Mm-hmm. Well, you've really got to get into the DVD extras. Yeah, that's probably in the director's cut. That's in the special features. In my head canon, it's there. Like a Lord of the Rings style situation when you're flying down and you see this big body. Because I think you got to roll gingerbread, so they get to like cut them out. Well, mm-hmm. here's what we're saying: release the Mongo cut. <laughs> release all the cuts don't nobody ever cut another second out of their movie because i need to know everything that is true and what i'd like to know a little bit more about is dick tracy we talked about all that's cut there 30 minutes yeah i have footage that just on the cutting room floor and i think that the world needs exists somewhere full length oh no i don't know i'm sure warren Beatty's got it warren Beatty's got it he's got a 14 hour cut warren Beatty, who dressed as dick tracy just to keep the rights to the movie for an interview with Leonard Malton. I mean, he's a nutcase. And it was his like weird passion projects. I mean, he's starring, he's directing. There's at least an hour's worth of Al Pacino doing that fucking song and dance number. I need it. I wish. I need it. Disney released that one hour YouTube video of uh, uh, Zemo dancing in the club. I mean, they were just, they looped like the one minute of him dancing, but and it was pretty great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... If that exists, if there's a whole minute of Zemo dancing, there's a lot more of Pacino dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to see it. I don't remember loving Dick Tracy as a child. I did see it when it came out, but I definitely appreciated the artistry more as an adult watching it again for the podcast. I really enjoyed the, the film. The aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic, yeah. the prosthesis, all the stuff oh, that went yeah. into it. The painted background. I think they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I, I just am happy that I'm not the voice of dissent again. I absolutely loved the movie. It was a great experience this time watching it again as an adult. Watching it as an adult? I had no idea how fucking horny that movie was. That's, it definitely very, is horny. Very much. Yeah. A, a, a I think real. that's a lot of Warren, Warren Beatty. That's yes. why he like he's still holding on to that because he's like, if I make a sequel, I can do even hornier things. And that's all he's waiting for. Well, I mean... Yeah. In the in the twilight of his career, the last thing he wants to do 
is fine. Who's today's Madonna that he can get in this movie and he can live his dark, twisted, sick, dark, twisted fantasies? Maybe Lady Gaga, maybe, or... um... You think of Lady Gaga? Yeah, because she's she's like the only real pop star that's got the acting chops. She's great in uh, American Horror Story Hotel. Great. I have not seen A Star is Born. Hmm. Nor I, nor I, but I... I haven't seen it yet either. I mean, obviously, it 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 did big things, and even from I never watched the original either. I, but I did hear the, this the new song, and I did. I also don't think that's very good. I don't like it. I don't think Bradley <laughs> the, the, Cooper the, the can big sing. Big Star Is Born song. I, I mean, it's just I thought the song was just like it was sonically displeasing. <laughs> In the shadows, I, I know bad when I mm. hear it. And it's it bad. is bad. It's a bad song. I um, haven't. Uh, I, I don't know what that I'm means. Very familiar. I'm talking about the poll. I'm not. Uh, but I, I am interested in that movie, if only for the fact. Hey, I'm a Bradley Cooper fan. Don't get me wrong. And I even, you know, I like a Lady Gaga. I just, uh, I heard the song a few times when it was getting real popular and people were loving it, and I was like, I don't get it. So it's just maybe it's just me being bitter. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could maybe just hit you at the wrong time. Maybe with the story, if you see it all come together. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I just didn't get the glue. Because I know that it starts where Bradley Cooper is like escaping his big rock star life and goes to like a club where some woman's just singing it like an open mic night. And she's like, ah, you're a star. And he like kind of, it's a whirlwind thing. And he sweeps her up. And and then she's born. Puts her on stage. And then then she is born. I assumed it was a literal translation. (laughs) Yeah, And she becomes a star. And and she compresses down into a single point. And then... (laughs) Thank you. And then a star is born. It's a, like a white dwarf, though, not very big, because, I mean, she's mm-hmm. a human. There's not a lot of mass there. The thing that I is getting me excited about watching this, and the reason why I still are, I'm, I'm, it's on my list is because Sam Elliott plays a big part. And shockingly, mm. shockingly, I believe, I believe he plays Bradley Cooper's human brother. What? Which, Wait. I, I'm almost positive that they are brothers. I have to get to the bottom uh, how, of this. Yeah, check What's it. What's the age difference there? Fact check there. Fact check that one for me, but I don't know. Sam Elliott has been an old man for the past 30 years. Jack's older half-brother. I don't know about the, the, the actual science that goes with that. I guess they must have the same dad, because you could, be, you could get pretty old and still have kids. Yeah. They're like a, 30 a, years difference. Yeah, Sam Elliott, 1944. So, I mean, that movie was made in... 2018. Andrew Dice Clay's in it. What? He's the, he's the a fourth build. The Dice Man coming. <laughs> the Dice Man, Hickory Dickory Dock. Your mom? No, I'm not gonna. I thought he was dead. If I'm honest with you, I thought he died. 1975. Oh, he died a long time ago. Probably like 1995. Andrew Dice Clay. His official date of death. <laughs> he's he's been he was in the blacklist. <laughs> he's, he's just yeah, still, he? he's just been like shifting. Wait, down. Okay, now that is not a that's not necessarily. He's come back. He's a sign of life for a career. He's in the black. Is he like a main character in the blacklist? No, but he's a doctor that I think comes is back. Is he the real Raymond no, Reddington? He's not the real Raymond Reddington. Thirty-one years. Thirty-one <laughs> years difference there. I think he's the real Raymond Reddington in my head canon because I'm not going to finish watching that. No, I know he's he was still alive. Yes, that is those things that we did. Good transition, guys. Moving on. Yeah, speaking of Dice Man. <laughs> let's, let's quit talking about movies that we didn't see and talk about one that we actually did watch for the pod. Probably there's no reason to keep any of that in. Uh. <laughs> but this is all for discretion. Yeah, discretionary purposes during the Test edit. your mic. You have plenty of time to, to listen back.
Round two. Fight. I think this movie hit all the right points. There was a lot of action in it. The effects were pretty cool. It wasn't a perfect movie, and it wasn't setting out to be one, but it was a fun action movie from start to finish, starting with MMA and then moving into some pretty cool martial arts toward the end. The fight with Scorpion and Sub-Zero and Cole all at once was great. I will never say that the action wasn't cool. There was a lot of cool action, a lot of cool fights. Basically, they do the identical fatalities from the game. That's cool. Of course that's cool. A lot of the acting was kind of rough. The character they created didn't like very much Cole, but... Isn't he based on the uh, that policeman? He's an original character. I don't think so. There's Jax as a policeman. Yeah, he's just like a regular cop, and he's just like a tonfa. No. Am I crazy? Like not a, crazy. Like a there one. is a guy, but Stryker. His original character. Stryker. Oh, Stryker. okay. I thought his name was Cole. Yeah, I'm looking. It is yeah, an original Yeah, so character. I wasn't a right. huge fan of him, but maybe just the way that they did it. So he's like this washed up MMA guy. But you get the idea. He was at least at one point in time a pretty badass fighter. And it takes him so long to be like good at anything in this movie. He should have probably been a little bit cooler before this. It was a steep curve. They go from him being completely pointless to being an ass kicker, like A1 ass kicker. Mm-hmm. Almost invincible when he had that coil wrap around yeah, him. I guess that's the thing of it. But is that, I don't know. Here's my thing. I did not until maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. I thought that the little girl was his sister and that woman was his yeah. mom. Not until the end. And they were like, he called her by her name. Like Amanda. I'm like, okay, maybe it's like a stepmom. Maybe he, they're like half brother, half sister. And they're adopted. And then, then they were together. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. I don't get this. I don't know. that. I was taken aback by that. Totally missed their uh, misinterpreted mm-hmm. their whole relationship. You missed their whole deal. Cool, young. Yeah, yeah. That's I have to say that's, that's a fault of the movie. But I think some of the action was very good. All of the ninja stuff, the the scorpion oh, yeah. and sub zero stuff. That, was, that was I thought that was tight as a drum. Yes, I agree. And in a strange twist, the action between the real actors. And the CG characters, I think, was better than some of the actor-to-actor action. And maybe it was just because of the way it was shot, but the scenes were a little bit longer. And the only fight scene I like that Cole had was oh, against yeah. Goro when he. Oh, that was it. Was a cool the, fight scene. But then when he fights again, when Sub-Zero? he fights Sub Zero, it's that's totally. It was like yet again, it went totally flat. It looked like they didn't have enough moves for him or something. I don't know. I'm going to look and see. It felt like the actor for Sub-Zero was much better at it. I see that a lot of the apologists for the movie, they're saying, like, if you expected the acting to be great in a Mortal Kombat movie and all this other stuff, you you know, you're not paying attention. Like, this is made to just be cool action, cool kills and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but they didn't do the tournament at all. I mean, the whole point of the movie was that they weren't going to do the tournament. That is my biggest problem with this movie is that it ended, and I said, what? Literally, because they don't go to the tournament. Yeah, it was like never, nothing. Seems like yeah. the movie was just waiting to get started the whole entire time, and it never happened. Exactly. It, it just took forever. By the time it felt like we were in a movie, like you said, Sam, it was over already. And I just felt kind of... And it's not a short flick either. Two hours and ten, right? That's a significant length movie. I felt a little bit cheated. The movie doesn't owe me anything, but the promise of the movie, of... 
the tournament. That's something that Siskel, or maybe it was Ebert, says that in his one review that movies make a promise. Like, this is what the movie is going to be. And then either you complete that promise or you kind of subvert it, is what good movies do. This movie sets up, and the promise is, these boys going to fight in a tournament. Mm-hmm. And you never get there. And it just and it's just these weird disjointed yes. battles, two on ones and stuff. Where I'm like, I just want to see like one guy go against another guy and fight. Um, actually, it's an hour and fifty minutes, but still okay. My major gripe was the stuff that they missed. They had a lot of like nostalgia points where they did like they get over here. Oh yeah, and... he speaks Japanese every other word, but he says get over here in English. Yeah, get over here! which I think is funny. And the test your might was in there. But what they miss is they were on that bridge with all the spikes. They even did like mm-hmm. a pan shot around all the spikes. And instead of doing an uppercut and knocking him into the spikes, he like smashed his head. Why did he do that? Why didn't he do the iconic toasty uppercut and knock him onto the spikes? Here's my big thing. Because what I meant to say is the people that would say you shouldn't expect too much from this movie. It's what you get out of a Mortal Kombat And I think that's not true because Mortal Kombat Generations had two seasons, short episodes, but the story was cool. The action was cool. Everything was cool, and it was building to something. And it's a shame that they never got the season three for the culmination of all that. So, I mean, cool Mortal Kombat stuff exists. There are cool stories. If I want to see, like, these weird fights that don't mean anything, that happens in between every fight in Mortal Kombat in the newer games. They show you, like, these, you know, this interstitials where it's somebody else fighting somebody else that, you know, the storyline is tangentially a part of your storyline of the character you chose. But, you know, that's cool and all. But there's even a better Mortal Kombat movie that came out last year called Scorpion's Revenge. And it's also on HBO, and it does a lot of the same stuff, but it actually culminates in something. I mean, the tournament itself is shorter, but they get to a tournament. The voice of Johnny Cage in that is Joel McHale, and it's phenomenal. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty perfect, actually. The voice acting in it is really good. The action's really good. They chop a lot of heads off. It's really violent. It's a cartoon, mm-hmm. but it's that's definitely not points against. Right. I think you could feel the director's... I don't know, his infancy in directing. This is his first feature-length film. Yeah. Simon McCoy. Before that, he did like one short and maybe a couple of commercials. So I think that's where you got the pacing problems. This is not to say I didn't like it, and I can't wait to see the sequel. But the best part of it, the whole thing, had to be Kano. That dude kicked ass. He's funny as hell. Yeah. I've got lots to say about Kano. Mm-hmm. But before we move on from the director, you can feel the studio their hand in this because like you said there are things that they needed checked off a list and you get all of them you get the fatalities you get the zingy dialogue you get cool monsters like so there it feels like they were here's our nostalgia board we got to get all of this shit in your movie we don't got time for character stuff put in this nostalgia shit so that's that's right there are things that this movie needs improvement on and i feel like we're being harsh because there is in there a core of something outrageous. There were moments that are mm-hmm. amazing. Every time Kano talks, incredible. Kano being a main character was a surprise to me, but as fun as he was, I thought, I was like, okay, I get this now. He carried the movie, uh, at least as far as the acting and all that other stuff. The Liu Kang and Kung Lao stuff had potential to be really cool, but you don't have enough time to explore mm-hmm. every one of these characters. So, spoiler... Spoiler 
for Kung Lao to meet his end. You know, but it's Mortal Kombat. He can come back. For so sure. who knows if anyone's really met their end. Mm-hmm. Without ever getting a chance to explore that character, just felt kind of like a, not a betrayal, but it's just a disappointment. Also, I said Mortal Kombat Generations. That's the crappy 90s TV show. I meant Mortal Kombat Legacy. Okay. If you really enjoyed this movie, I highly recommend that you hit up YouTube or something. And, and Or actually, I think they are on HBO Max now, the Mortal Kombat Legacy episodes. And the guy who directed that, that was uh, Kevin Tancheroen, and he was attached to direct this movie for a long time. And then I, I don't know why, but him in the studio didn't see eye to eye on what he wanted to get done. Yeah, I think that there's some fun stuff in here. I think Kano and Sonya Blade are kind of right on. I think the Scorpion Sub-Zero mm-hmm. subplot is right on. The Cole stuff really suffers, and I can't, in a world as rich as Mortal Kombat, why are you making a new character? Why do they do that? They didn't have to invent anybody. There are a million characters. They didn't have to, but that being said, I don't think it's a good movie because of all the kind of stuff we did talk about. It just feels incomplete, but baby, this was fun. This was fun. It was definitely fun. It's a fun watch. Although, you say you're not sure why they'd make a new character. I'm thinking if I'm a director of a Mortal Kombat movie, and I want to put my mark on the series, I mean, you can bet your ass that Cole is going to be in the next game. Mm-hmm. Because they know where they know where their bread's buttered. So if I say, like, I created a character. Oh, yeah, if he owns the rights to that character, he's going to get paid. That is now not only immortalized on the screen, is also in a video game, and has action figures and all this other stuff. You'd be getting in on the residuals. Right. Yeah, I think that there's something to that. Because you can tie yourself That's to the whole smart. franchise in that point. So, all right, th- there's mm-hmm. something to be said for that. There were many moments where I yelled at the screen because things were bad, because things were good, and because things were so bad they were good. But they were never not engaging. Yeah, the movie never got boring. I had a, such a bad taste because it left me hanging in such a humongous way that, I, I mean, I was like, engaged is is the the right word i was watching the screen jax's stuff jax's little incident i said oh they're gonna do this and they did that and i fucking Mm -hmm. yelled but for mortal kombat that's become like the the uncle ben Mm -hmm. death you're like okay can we just start Mm -hmm. him with the metal arms next (laughs) i'm a little bit mad at them but i will i will certainly check out the sequel Okay, so my favorite moment was when Jax loses his arm. Let's all pick our favorite moment, and then we'll we'll check out what we'll be doing for next week. Uh, my favorite moment is when Kano gets scratched in the face by a Reptile, and then he kills him. And Kano kills him right after that to explain the eye. Because they make you think that, okay, Sonya's going to kill a Reptile, and that's how she's going to get her Mortal Kombat insignia on her skin. And it didn't mm-hmm. happen. So that leads you to watch and wonder, you know, when is this going to happen for her? And when Kano said it was hardly fucking noticeable and he got his eye scratched, his whole face was all covered in blood. I loved it. Kano wins. And I did also think that that was going to be the precursor for him getting his laser beam eye. Not that it was going to be some mana manifestation. Mana-festation. Arcana. <laughs> yeah, arcana. Magical thing. I thought they, just like Jackson in the, in the movies, he loses his arms and they put mechanical arms there's nothing magic about them his magic thing is he he's got more metal arms (laughs) yeah right he's got the regular metal arms that's just that's just good medicine right they give him they give him the arms they work Mm -hmm. but his magic is to make those things that's just standard prosthesis prosthesis. the fact that they were they were very scrawny looking he just grow the arms he was like i'm totally useless what am i gonna do i don't cut arms and they were like well just like get real good at kicking dog and then at one point his arms like grew back but to have them give him metal arms and then his power is better metal arms. 
More metal. I think was a real stroke of genius. My favorite part was just seeing the insides of Goro's whole thing, his whole deal. They love a good slice in half, mm-hmm. uh, a head slice or explosion. So they get the 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 bird lady. They slice her clean in half. The bird lady they slice in half on Kung Lao's. Mm-hmm. But they hat. which. I remember that. That was what a great it? kill, by the way. I think that, that's that probably the cool. coolest So let one. me just say... It was fucking dope. I think they get disemboweled as Goro gets disemboweled. He gets... Yeah, right. He gets... You gotta see, you gotta see his uh, spinal column or some shit. There's always some of that. <laughs> that's just that Mortal Kombat flavor that we all go in for. I want to mm-hmm. see the spinal column. I want to see... I want to see somebody's brains, but cleft in twain. Uh, they love that stuff. Bifurcated. Bifurcated. They love to freeze a guy. They love to shatter a guy. We didn't do any x-ray. There was no x-ray, but I believe you do get... You, actually, I know you do get a great deal of x-ray in the animated feature of Scorpion's Revenge. And they get uh, the character of Quan Chi in there. It's actually a good follow-up to the movie if you watch the live action because they show Scorpion basically break out of hell, which is cool as hell. He, he kills a bunch of demons. Quan Chi tries to enter him into the tournament. Cool stuff. Highly recommend, if you're going to watch this one, that you should at least watch that one as well. All right. Well, yeah, if you like Mortal Kombat, definitely check that out. But if you're liking our podcast, here's the next movie that you want to check out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Oh, man, nice. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's right up there. It is right up there with Muppet Family Christmas for me and a young Reed. Man, that's good company absolutely this is a this is a movie that i'm down to watch literally anytime for almost any reason i think it is uh, almost perfect a little spoiler a little spoiler (laughs) there so be sure to check out teenage mutant ninja turtles pick it up from your local library i'm sure you can get it on the hoopla app i'm sure you can I don't know if it's on Hoopla. I'm sure you'll be able to find this one relatively easily. Um, it's a good flick. If you've never seen it, if you've never seen this movie, I would advise you. It's currently streaming on HBO Max. There we go. Even if you're not a Ninja Turtles fan, if you've never seen it, absolutely check this out. This is one to talk about. Let us know what you think about our show, us, the Ninja Turtles, Dick Tracy, anything you want to say will, for the most part, barring any naughty biz, we'll read that on the next mini episode. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Hit us up at nerdplexy at gmail or on nerdyplexypod on Twitter. Dave, where can our dirty nerdies send you their messages? You dirty nerdies, you nasty casties, you can hit me up on the face of Dave. Sexy plexies. Very good, Sam. Where are they? Where uh, can they find you? Uh, at pgh underscore svh. I I am Reed, and I am at pgh underscore Reed. All right. Uh, well, until next time, we'd like to leave you with this final thought to ponder. Do you think the fairy godmother ships Viagra in discreet packages? Natural ogre enhancements. 